Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the podcast from Dub on our podcast called Connection Loop. Today, I'm with Izar. And Isar. we're gonna Isar, and we're gonna get into a topic here, which is uh, storytelling through connections, really. And in fact, that is exactly why we created this this podcast here. It's about growing a business, creating relationships, and going through that process in a very cyclical manner. So, Isar, if you could just start with a short bio, and then let's get into the topic. How short? Like when uh, I was let's, born let's, or? Uh, yeah, great, <laughs> no, just, great question. I'm just, I'd say I'm a just, minute or two. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. So I grew up in Israel, hence where if you were kind of like trying to pick up the accent, that's where I'm from. Uh, and I then uh, joined the military, which in Israel is mandatory. I was an F-16 pilot for the Israeli Air Force. Uh, when I left the Air Force, I joined a startup that did uh, training and simulation. And I've done several different things over there. Uh, very quickly became a part of the executive team and we grew that business, uh, took it public, brought it to the U.S. and that's what brought me to the U.S. Uh, 16 years ago. Then I did an MBA. I started my own startup. We raised a lot of money, developed a really cool product, but I couldn't monetize it enough to justify the next round of uh, funding. And But my main investor took me under his wing and said, listen, I want you to build what you built over there for my company and he was running a very large wholesale travel company and i've built their e-commerce platform literally from scratch it was like a little startup incubator within the bigger company and then the big company grew to a billion dollars my little section of the company grew to 100 million and we sold the company i stayed it was a merger like a very big crazy merger of three giants i stayed for another year and a half and then i left and then I started the E-Tribe, which is a community of entrepreneurs who just share information and help each other out uh, that has also a podcast under the same name that's called the E-Tribe. And now I'm starting a business or started a business with an amazing guy called Pablo Gonzalez, and that business is called Be The Stage. And we really provide a overall systemized solution for larger organizations to be able to build authority, create relationships at scale, and use it in order to grow their business. Mm. And and what does that mean when you say to create relationships at scale? What what does that mean? Um, at some point, I feel like relationships. There's you hit a cap. You know, you can you have to spend the time. It's all based on time. You know, I choose to build relationships through networking, through podcast conversations. Um, what does that all mean for you? Great question. Uh, so let's go back to old school how we did marketing, right? Mm. Before click funnels, before bait and switch, before landing pages, before like, how did we really build businesses? And the way we did this was we went to connect people at events, right? So either uh, conferences or chamber of commerce or stuff like that. We would go there, we would really aim to meet two or three very specific individuals that we knew are gonna be there and you will give us the opportunity to meet them. But we also had the opportunity to engage with a lot of people. If we wanted to take it to the next level and really benefit from that show, which costs a lot of money and a lot more preparation, we would pay to be the sponsor and then get a keynote speech 
at that conference, right? And if you really want to roll with it, you're like, okay, this guy, like I really want to do business uh, with him. I'm going to invite him to share the stage with me as the keynote speaker. And then I'll go down to the crowd. I'll shake hands. I'll exchange business cards and so on. That's, that was the dream, right? Because then you have, and if, and if more than that, you would like to take that guy later on to dinner. So now you gave him the opportunity to be on stage with you. That's how things work. And that's really enabled you to build real relationship with real people. That dinner after the conference where you had an hour to sit down and talk to somebody without the business hassle around it, without trying to sell or buy anything, literally just trying to get to know them, learn their expertise, share your experience and, and build over, from that over time. The problem is that's not scalable, right? Because mm. you, you, first of all, money-wise, you can't afford to do that more than twice a year if you're a big company, if you're a small company, maybe once. And the other problem is following out with following up with everybody in the crowd, right? So if now we have 100 people sitting in the audience, well, you might be able to shake hands and follow up with six. I used to come back with uh, just bags of business cards. Yeah, <laughs> and, we all did, you know. right? And then we started <laughs> scanning them. We thought that's going to accelerate the process or do anything for... But you can't. So we really took all of this and said, okay, now we can do this in the digital world and scale it as much as we want. So what we do, we do this. We do a live show for our clients. So they show up. We provide a professional host. So you, right? We provide a professional host that, that is an MC, right? He's a hype man that creates the conversation and generates the questions and makes the flow go. Our client provides the face of the company, usually one of the executive team. And we host three types of people. We host past successful partnerships, so either clients or suppliers and so on. We host industry experts who grow the authority of the stage, right? Because now I had Elon Musk on my show. Everybody wants to be on my show. World's, world's wealthiest man. Yeah, well... Even before that, he's just a very interesting guy, right? <laughs> and before that, and, and, and beyond that, we host potential clients. So if I send a cold call or a LinkedIn message to somebody I never met before, and I say, hey, you know what? I have this great service. I think it could be amazing for your company. And he's a CEO in a large corporation. The chances he will respond are very, very close to zero. The chances he will actually meet with me are even smaller than that. But if I say, hey, I have this live show, I interviewed Elon Musk three weeks ago, and I want to invite you as an expert. And by the way, the audience is our industry. 99 out of 100, he will say yes. And now our client gets to have a C-suite level to C-suite level, our conversation, that dinner. But in the audience, you have the entire industry. And the reason we do this live is because we allow them to ask questions and go back and forth, which enables something that you can't get anywhere else. So Elon Musk maybe is a too big of a name, but think of a big CEO of a large corporation. And now you're just somebody from the industry and you can ask him questions on a weekly basis and get answers from one of the biggest experts on the industry. It never happens. The other thing that he does is it really helps build relationships in three different ways. It builds one-to-one -one relationship between our client and the person they're hosting. It obviously grows a one-to-many relationship between our client and all of their 
community that keeps on growing and growing and growing because people come back to hear more from the show. And it allows our guests, our weekly guests, to build a relationship one-to-many with the people that we host on the show. Mm. So really, everybody wins. Now, I, I understand that model. I understand the kind of problem-solution I, I actually would like to take a step back and to to just to just go and challenge the assumption for a minute. Sure. And you know, one of the things that I've kind of learned in my life is that oftentimes the mentor-apprentice relationship is just a big fat disappointment. And what I mean by that is that you know a lot of people have a tendency, and I, I definitely used to have this. You know, there's a tendency to aggrandize certain people based on stature, based on class, based on accomplishment, you know, how many followers they have, followers they have. Uh, you know, this idea that this person knows so many things, I just need to get by a fireside with them and I need to just download some information. I need to pick their brain, you know, and, and by the nature of it, this relationship is inequitable, probably. There's someone that's maybe inexperienced, that's hungry, and that's someone that's theoretically, at least on paper, you know, successful. And I think that this this relationship, you know, I've seen a lot more damage happen as a re as a result of this relationship, this type of relationship, than 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 good things. And the reason why I say that is because people sometimes get stuck into this mindset where there are these people that are so much more successful than me and I need to be a follower to them. They are the ones that are on the stage and I am not. I need to go download for them. And and if you if one can never transcend that mindset, they can never become that person. They can never become a successful person. So, you know, what I want to start with here is, you know, how do we get ourselves to a point where we go from the apprentice to the mentor, not being stuck in that one-sided, um, you know, uh, relationship? I love the question and the setup. So I, I agree with you, right? If you always see yourself as the follower, it's very hard to make that shift. And I'll say a few things, and I say that, you know, I, I help a lot of people set up their own shows. That's what I do for a living, but I also help friends and family and people who approach me on LinkedIn or like, hey, you know, I'm starting a podcast, what should I do? And I always go back to some of the big names, right? If you go to Gary Vee or, you know, any of these guys, what they do, and they do this regularly, they tell you, don't look at me now. Don't try to compare yourself to what I do with my fancy studio and my team of 35 people who are repurposing my content. Go back and look at my first video. Go back, check up my first podcast. Pat Flynn, I don't know if you follow Pat Flynn. I love Pat Flynn. He's the first podcaster I ever listened to. And Pat, every now and then, plays his first uh, podcast. And he says, that's what you need to compare yourself to. So he, you know, I think if you're a good leader, you do one of two things, and if you're really good, then you do both. One, you elevate people to the stage. You force people out of their comfort zone and bring them to the spotlight so they can shine and, and overcome that fear of, of putting out content, of creating new things, of sharing their knowledge. But the other thing is they bring themselves down to that level, right? So Pat Flynn's first episode, and again, he's now one of the biggest podcasters on the planet. And he go, it goes, his first episode goes something like, so I bought this microphone. I think I'm going to record a podcast. I'm still not sure how it's going to go. That, that's the episode. He literally released it. 
<laughs> mm. And he's saying, if you want to compare yourself to something, compare yourself to this. Because you can't say, oh, how will I get to that? You got to make the first step. So I think going back to the relationship thing, I think it's the same thing. Mm. You need, as, as a follower, you need to look for those opportunities to make those baby steps into the level of the people that you're following. Otherwise, like you said, you're always going to be the follower. And, and I think the key to making shortcuts in that is networking, right? If you find the right people and you can get into their circles and they can introduce you to the next level up and you network with these people and they can introduce you to the next level up, it's not going to take you 10 years. It's going to take you six months to get to the people you really want to get to. And if you're really good at this, maybe even less. Hmm. I hope now, that answers the question. I, I think it does. I think it does. You know, I think that there's there's this there's this loop that I think some sometimes people enter also in conjunction with this, which is the the education loop where they continually feel like they need to get educated. I need to go buy this course. I need to attend that seminar. I need to make the purchase of that of that coursework. I need to go sign up for this subscription. I need to meet with that person. I need to get with this coach. And that it's like a perpetual thing. You know, you're constantly learning. Like we all know that one person that has, you know, a laptop filled with every course, every PDF, every every piece of, you know, educational asset that they've ever purchased. And uh, oftentimes on a funny note, they'll say, hey, do you want to do you want to download of everything that I've ever purchased? It's like 30 grand. And my my answer is always like, absolutely not. I, I don't want that because I don't have the next four years of my life to go listen to all your content. Uh, you know, time is much more valuable than that. But I would also ask you as a secondary question, how do we avoid the idea of perpetually being a student? Great question. So with that, I will refer to somebody else again. I love referring to people. So first of all, I think being a student is great. I learn new things every single day and I force myself to learn new things every single day. I literally block time on the calendar for that. Mm. But that being said, uh, Chris Kermitsos, who is the guy who started and still is the the man behind PodFest, and it's it's the largest maybe community today of podcasters in the world, uh, and he has a book that's called Start Ugly, and he's like, you got to make the first steps. You will never get to having a perfect show, definitely not on day one. It doesn't matter how many courses you take. It doesn't matter how many people you follow. It doesn't matter how many PDFs you download. Uh, now, that being said, there's a lot of value in those, right? Because they will give you tools and processes and best practices that otherwise will take you six months to a year to figure out and maybe even more. So if you can buy a course for $300, a $1,000 $1, that will save you a year of figuring stuff out, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, do this because it saves you a year of figuring stuff out. Mm -hmm. So your first ugly becomes not as ugly, but it's still going to be ugly. You got to take, and I think the biggest thing, it's always in the, in the eyes of the beholder and the beholder is you, right? It's, it's never going to be good enough in your eyes. People hate their voice. People hate the way they look on camera. People hate the outcome of how they edited it. They don't like the music they picked. Just put it out there. Like how many people stop being your friend because they don't like your voice? How many? Zero, usually. Unless you have a really, really weird voice, right? Or a really <laughs> terrible friend. <laughs> or a really terrible friend, right? But, but I'm saying like people are very terrified of that first hitting publish or send or whatever mm. platform there is that they're using. 
And as you get to do this more and more, you become more and more comfortable. The other thing is people are afraid of like, and I see that people do that as well, right? Especially people who have more money. They buy this crazy gear, like, you know, $5,000 in lighting and $5,000 in photography equipment and like a $600 microphone and this box and that recorder. And I'm like, this is nuts. Like, you know, mm. being a podcaster or creating content costs very, very, very close to zero today. And that's where you should start. Right. Yeah, well, it's so true. Uh, you know, someone could start a podcast right now for zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah. As long as long as you have a phone, that's the amount of it. And and the amazing thing is that the camera and the mic on that device is comparable to what you might go and grab on Amazon because Absolutely. the technology is years ahead. You know. To the, to me, like when people ask me, I say you need two things: get a reasonable microphone. So this thing that I'm using and that is phenomenal is sixty bucks. So if you're going to start something, it's like a dinner, right? So invest 60 bucks in a microphone and any headset just so it won't have feedback into your microphone. That's it. You're good to mm -hmm. go. And, and the applications out there today to edit and publish and repurpose are just incredible. And they're either free or almost free, right? So, I mean, even Dub. I use Dub for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. And I love this. Why? Because it's easy to use. It's quick. It provides value. My face show up in front of people that builds a better relationship. So it's just one example out of so many. But it's, it's such a, a no-brainer to do. You know, I love hearing about success stories on how people are using Dub to, to promote a podcast and to actually get interviews like this it, it could be a podcast it could be a sales meeting just getting people to book a time you know this is this is one of the needs that i had very very early on in the growth process of dub which is why we built all the calendar integrations that we did you know acuity and calendar and schedule once and hubspot yeah, yeah. the list goes on and uh what i'm just very curious since you mentioned it you know what what are some of the ways what are some of the use cases that you that you use dub in and for Wow. Many different ways. So, you know, I really like using Dub because, again, my face shows up. And surprisingly, still very, very few people are used to getting an email with your face and clicking to play it or, or, or a video message on, you know, whatever, whatever communication app that you're using. So I'll give you a great example from this week. And I do this all the time. Like people are like, oh, you know, and I, I introduce people a lot. I think it's, it's like good karma to introduce the right people to the right people. And, and literally I do this several times a week. And the way I do this is I send an introduction, either email or message or create a group in something. And I always use Dub as a way to create this. And I do what I do right now. So I said, you know, hey, Ruben, I want to introduce you to Lisa. Lisa has been the CEO of this company for 15 years. I've known her forever. She's been doing this and doing that. Hey, Lisa, meet Ruben. Uh, Ruben is the founder of Dub. He's uh, been the CEO of the company. He's an entrepreneur. He has this cool product. You guys should totally kick it off. I think you guys will be amazing. Enjoy this. Every single time I do this, and again, I do this every week, the first thing in the answer is like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like literally, <laughs> and they're not even talking about the intro. You know, I just introduced you to somebody that can help you change your life, grow your business, be your friend, whatever the case may be. But people are so like, this is like so cool because surprisingly, most people haven't seen it yet. Like I literally mm. asked my wife, she's like, oh, so who are you interviewing? I said, no, I'm being interviewed. It's like, oh, who's interviewing you? I'm like, oh, the CEO of Dub. She's like, what's Dub? I'm like, you know, you've seen these videos and emails. And she's like, no. Like, never? She's like, no. I'm like, no, I mean, 
<laughs> so I think the majority of the population still get blown away when you send them an embedded video in something, right? It doesn't matter mm. because the, again, the cool thing about Dove is that there's, I have the thing on my browser, so it literally appears on anything I open and you just click the button, you record the video and you're good to go. And mm. people are like, people still, it's so new that people are just blown away from the impact of, of just the concept. But I mm. think beyond that, it's obviously the fact that, that you can do this, mm. that you can actually talk to people and they can see your face and they can see your expressions and they can see your hands moving around. And it's, it's a whole different level of communication than I don't care how long your email is or your chat message or, you know, whatever maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you, you see the icon, it, it pops up in a lot of places. One of the things that I've actually never announced this publicly, but one of the products that we're working on is called Dub X. And what does so hold on is, drum roll, ladies and gentlemen, first yeah. time ever. I wish yeah, let's let's get a let's get a let's get a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called it's called and I, I I really would love to have you be an early um, tester prototyper of this, but it's called Dub X, and what Dub X is going to do is that it's gonna it's gonna be like Grammarly. It's gonna be present in so oh, many different places very cool anywhere so the that next you can level interject. of the same thing of just having it, the button anywhere exactly so if you're you know if you're using the typical places like gmail linkedin asana you know hundreds of crms it's already there but this will take it to the next level we're just a little concerned that it's maybe too much <laughs> so we're trying to figure out how to maybe attenuate or kind of mitigate where it is there's some logic it's it's very similar to what grammarly has to do yes. grammarly has to know when to add themselves and not show up so they don't irritate people <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going through something very similar but but thank you so much for for sharing that a um, couple of follow-up questions about you and your business um, sure where can people I know that you're you're in the kickoff stage for this uh, it's it's how, how how much are you in for uh, for be the stage live how, how long have you been uh, working on this so I've actually joined Pablo Gonzalez who's my partner uh, about August-ish, uh, which even that by itself is an interesting story. And if we'll have time, I can tell you how that happened. But so Be The Stage Live uh, was launched in Q4 of this year, but we have live clients since the beginning of 2020. So our first, our biggest client has been live for just a year now. And then we're just now in the stage of scaling this up and releasing it to more and more clients. Nice. So website is bethestage.live. And then the other website that you mentioned was theetribe.com. And then where, where can folks find you on, uh, on social channels? So, you know, with a name like Isar Matis, it's I have that benefit. Well, the downside is I have to spell and pronounce my name every single time I'm on a conversation. The upside is Isar Matis. I'm the only Isar Matis on the planet. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> if you go to, uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn, but you can find me on Facebook as well uh, and Twitter and Instagram. But if you really want to find me, uh, you know, LinkedIn would be the place. Just type Isar Matis and I'm the only one you're going to find. And that's spelled I-S-A-R-M-E-I-T-I-S. And, and I love connecting on LinkedIn. Like I, I do this several times every single day. Yeah, isn't isn't this just the future? I mean, this is just the coolest coolest way to do it. I had a post today that talked about how I've taken basically all my meetings like this and turned them into into live conversations and just sharing that. That was my today's LinkedIn post. 
Um, very I cool. used a, a new format. I'm very curious to get feedback on that. Um, but Isar, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your success stories. Uh, I look forward to seeing the growth of your new venture and I look forward to connecting more on LinkedIn. Amen. Same here. Thank you for hosting me. This was a, it was a very good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Stick around. I'll share some notes with you. Sure.